How long did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. I'm John. I've seen The Sopranos a bunch of times. I'm joined with two folks who have never seen The Sopranos before. Introduce yourselves. Rachel. Hey, I'm Ben. And we are here today. We are going we're to talk great. about... We're doing the best. Uh, we're going to talk about Season 1, Episode 6 of The Sopranos, which is called Pax Soprano. Uh, and uh, it's going to be really great. Uh, one thing that I want to talk about first before we get into things, because, Rachel, this we were hanging out with some other folks last night. Fans of the pod. Shout out to our fans. Uh, and it came up a lot that people were confused about whether they had to watch The Sopranos oh, yeah. before. Um, the idea of this podcast is, like, we're trying to keep it spoiler-free for things that happen later in the series so that you can watch it along with us like a dumb, dumb book club. Um, but that said, let's talk about pa- Pax Soprano. Hold on. I, I want to I chip in there. No. Uh, like, I've, I've literally not seen past the episode that we're talking on. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm not even looking at like Wikipedia's or anything like that. And and I would advise that you not. There's also if you've seen the Sopranos before, there's a great Facebook meme page, uh, Socialist Sopranos memes. Shout out to them. Uh, not affiliated with our pod. God damn it. Uh, what's up, BJ? Beaglejuice is getting on the mic. Is it Kashinka's in her face? Not in her no, face. No, you're fine. Chill. Um, <laughs> God damn it. We have had some <laughs> trials and tribulations today, y'all, on the pod, but we're excited to be with you, excited to record. Um, shout out to our lawyer, Beaglejuice. Shout out to our, our lawyer, Beaglejuice. Official legal counsel. All right, uh, so let's do first impressions on Pax Soprano. Rachel, what did you think? Um, good build-up app. Lots of uh, interesting names that I have no idea who they were talking about, but... Uh, Sammy Grigio is one that stands out. We'll get into it. Uh, lo- lots of good stuff to discuss. All right, Ben, what'd you think? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's complicated. It's there's a lot going on, and uh, why you know people are trying to do the right thing, but in the wrong way. I think. Right. <laughs> people are trying to do the right thing in the wrong way. Yeah, we've got a drug problem here in uh, in New Jersey, and. Uh, Let's eradicate it. Yeah, we have uh, child drug use again on the pod. Uh, Let's go ahead and let's get into that storyline. Junior Soprano, he's the new boss. He's going to have a big, they're going to have a big shindig for him. He's getting uh, measured, tailored for a a nice new suit. Uh, And his tailor mentions that his 14-year-old son, or grandson, his 14-year-old grandson was doing designer drugs and threw himself off of a bridge and killed himself. Uh, and the drug dealer who sold it to him wasn't going to be uh, held responsible. So Junior says, what's this motherless fuck's name? And, uh, and then he's going to go after him. Uh, let's talk about child drug use again. R.I.P. to Dominic, his namesake, right? He used to run around the, the tailor breaking balls. Breaking balls. Um... So th- this is again fucked up. This like no one fourteen is what like fifth or sixth grade. No, that's like Ninth. freshman in high school. Oh yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, when we were we were smoking pot. 
like excuse right. me if if right. you choose to partake sure uh, but yeah, like he's and he's doing designer drugs, which are usually like what like ketamine and like coke mixed together or something. Jingle jangle, if you watch Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I forgot about jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. Uh, check out Riverdale; it's oh, fun. You absolutely should. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, uh, it's, th- this show. I am I just incredibly sheltered, or are uh. Are they embellishing the drugs that pe- children were doing in the late 90s? I, I think they are embellishing, and I don't know why. I guess they had to make the kid 14 to make it sort of junior sympathetic, because maybe if it was like an 18-year-old kid, he'd be like, well, he was dumb. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's a weird be- bit of writing. Mm-hmm. It's a strange choice. Yeah. but So, yeah, we've got, we've got people on meth, and we've got people on... Uh, designer drugs, whatever those are. Man, the late 90s were fucking hard. <laughs> really wild. So, uh, we're, let's follow this thread. Mikey Palmisi, Junior's body man, goes and gets the uh, drug dealer, uh, who is Rusty Irish, is his name, and he's dressed like a fucking Johnny Depp stunt double <laughs> with a vest and like a bunch of jingle jangly jewelry on. Uh, and they they throw him over the same waterfall where they threaten the guy in the first episode. Uh, and then they walk away, and there's a couple of fellas hanging out there, and they pay him off, and he goes, what, what happened? They pay them off with one dollar. Did you fucking No, it was a dollar bill, but I think it's like a hundred bucks or something. Okay. <laughs> I, it didn't it look like a single dollar. And it and it was one out of three witnesses that were paid off. If you're That's gonna, yeah. if you have, if you have multiple uh, witnesses to a homicide, uh, it is the Gabagool and Rose's legal recommendation that you pay off all <laughs> of the witnesses, as opposed to just one. If you're gonna go through the trouble of doing a cover up, do it right. President Trump, the orange Cheeto man. Oh. God, sorry, I know this crackling is the worst, but I gotta get these fucking cough drops out. Yeah. Anyway, I don't so say back- his name, I say 45. I refuse uh, to. <laughs> that's some lib shit. <laughs> we are, this is the resistance. This is the Gabagool resistance and podcast. resistance. Hashtag resist. Hashtag she persisted. Hashtag oh bl- Liz the snake. Oh shit. Uh, um. So I, I want to talk, the, the guy, I love this show because they do find great actors for little roles. The guy, when he answers that question, does a great job. He's like, some sad shit. He threw him, said he didn't want to live anymore. Threw himself over the, <laughs> the falls. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great little line read, I think. Um, so That guy also looked familiar. Who, who was that guy? Uh, I don't know. I didn't recognize him. Don Swaby. Don Swaby was guy on bridge. You know, like again, there were multiple guys on bridge. Like guys on bridge. Talking guy on bridge. Right. Well, you have to. So you have to talk to get credited in movies, or extras aren't credited. So if you don't talk, you're an extra. Anyway. Ah. Okay. There's a little little, of, little trivia on mo- the pod. Movie magic. Yeah. TV magic. Union rules. Um, so this creates a problem for Tony's, uh, his capos, his, his, uh, his lieutenants, because the guy, the drug dealer, uh, 
was who's who's was he? Who did he belong to? Larry Boy Barisa's top earner, uh, and great. so uh, yeah. Uh, so there's a great little sit down scene where they're all like, "You've got to talk to your uncle and get him to chill the fuck out because we are not doing good business right now, and he's fucking everything up." So do you guys know? how sort of the mafia pay up system works no the sort of the idea it's kind of like a pyramid scheme basically mm. so they talk about it in this um episode when we get more into the um the hesh part of it um but everybody kicks up so like the soldiers um they take a little cut for themselves but then it goes to their um, their bosses who then kick up to their bosses who then kick up to the big boss junior um so Junior's being especially greedy because they're already kicking up to him, and then he's going and demanding more money because Junior Soprano ain't recognizing old arrangements. Shout out to Mikey Palmisi. So in addition to that problem, while uh, is it? It's no, it's not while they're having that conversation. Um, the, all the guys are in the back of the pork store and they're playing hearts. Uh, Big Pussy has a great line. Which is, uh, I'm eating more queens than Lancelot over here. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and Hesh shows up. Uh, and uh, Tony's got to go talk to Hesh. Uh, Hesh is very, very troubled because Junior is going to tax him. Um, he's proposing that he pay $500,000 and kick up an additional 2% on his Shylock business. Shylock, of course, being like loan sharking. Let me make sure I understand it correct. He wants five hundred thousand in back taxes because Hesh hasn't been paying anything, right? That's correct because Tony's father loved Hesh so much, and Tony loves him so much that they were not going to to tax him. Well, and let's not forget that Livia is the one that that kind of points this out to Junior. That's true. These next couple of episodes, Livia goes whole hog, pulling strings behind the yeah. Uh, well, and then even when Tony decides that he needs to confront or, you know, deal with this issue where Rusty Irish was murdered and, you know, whatever, he doesn't go directly to Junior. He goes to Livia. He knows right. how to pull. He's he, <clears throat> Livia's manipulating the situation. Tony's manipula- manipulating Livia. It's a this was a good ep for like all that little all the mm-hmm. string pulling. Mm-hmm. Everyone's mm-hmm. a marionette. In this mm-hmm. game, this play of life, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely. So uh, Tony takes like great offense to the fact that Junior was proposed is proposing to tax Hesh, but he knows he's got to do it, and he knows he's got to handle Uncle Junior. Um, and so he goes to this is the first episode where we meet Johnny Sack, Johnny Sacrimony from New York. Oh yeah. Um, what? Well, where in New York do they go? <laughs> Uh, it's some sort of. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, is it? Does it say? I I don't know for sure, but I I understood this to be them going to Queens. Sure. <laughs> Why? Because I read it on the internet somewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck this shit. Speaking of Queens, <laughs> Carmela. Tony has taken Carmela to uh, their anniversary dinner, and in the middle of it. Tony, he gets up and, and is talking to Johnny Sack at the bar while Carmela is just sitting there by herself in this nice restaurant. She looks fantastic. The dress is great. She's she's blinged out. So he's talking to Johnny Sack about, you've got to help me handle Junior because Hesh also kicks to the New York guys. 
So if Junior's taxing Hesh, uh. it's going to cut into the New York family, uh, the Lupertazzi family share of what Hesh is offering. And Hesh is actually threatening to like move away and to just get out of the life and to retire. Good for him. Yeah, he deserves a retirement on his horse farm, I guess. Uh, because he's been, he, he stole songwriting credit from a bunch of black kids uh, back in mm-hmm. the 60s or something. There's a short mention of that. Yeah, he, he got co-writing credits because uh, <laughs> he owned the studio. This is a real nice. thing in like the, the early days of rock and roll yeah. uh, mm-hmm. where the like, producers and shit would, would sign these guys to terrible fucking deals and give themselves writing credits mm-hmm. on it so that they would get residuals. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently Hesh has also pulled this scam uh, for back a in really, the 60s or something. For a really, really good story on this, check out the Cocaine and Rhinestones episode involving Buck Owens. Holy yeah. shit. Shout out to Tyler Mahan Co. Shouts out to Tyler. Rachel has no idea what the fuck we're talking <laughs> I about. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But I love to let y'all flourish. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> This is a podcast about other podcasts. <laughs> the worst idea in the world. Um, uh-huh. Tony is talking to Johnny Sack and trying to figure out how they're going to play Junior. It's got to seem like Junior, the idea is Junior, so they're going to have to manipulate Junior as well. Um, so Tony goes back to sit with Carmela, and she is pissed. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I thought about this. I'm like, can you imagine not having a cell phone in this at this time? Because if you had a cell phone, you'd just be chilling. You'd just be on your phone. I mean, you'd still be pissed. But Mm -hmm. poor Carmella just has to fucking sit there and, like, look around. And she tears into him when he comes back. Well, she starts crying, which is very sad, uh, at their anniversary dinner. Because it's clear, like, she's struggling with Tony right now. She has the whole issues with Melfi and being jealous. And she's really having a hard time. But, hey, they they sing... uh when anniversary. When anniversary. And then, <laughs> all right, good. that guy, he sings in that thick Italian accent, and then as soon as he stops, he's like, courtesy of Johnny Sick. <laughs> like, immediately <laughs> drops the uh, the accent. And Carmela does that thing where she's like, I wanted to get a room at the plaza, and we could have a nice night, but you've ruined it. Uh, and so they end up going back home, and they, they have that sitting in the driveway talk about his... <laughs> libido let's talk about who's horny yeah and it's not tony it's not tony for once Uh so this is some a new segment that we're going to introduce i think we'll come back to it at the end of the episode but who's horniest in this episode (laughs) tony is having problems with getting an erection impotence uh and he tells uh, he tells uh, Carmela that it's probably because of the medication. She says one of her friends or something has been on it for years, and she'd hump a fire hydrant if it made a pass yeah, at her. Which is wild to think about. Um, <laughs> on many levels. <laughs> yeah. True. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> this is the street. <laughs> Rachel's dying. So Tony, uh, this starts with him in bed with uh, <coughs> with Irina. His uh, Gumar. His Gumar. And uh, Tony Canoli does not want to play. No. Um, Jesus Christ. 
that pisses her off. Irina, uh, you know, she's trying to fuck. They don't seem to do anything else other than go to dinner once. He's he's mad that she won't just like talk to him. He's like, I'm like a fucking dildo over here. And she goes, if you were a dildo, we wouldn't be fighting. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Oksana Lada, who's the actress who plays Irina, who is dope as fuck. That's yeah, a great she's, name. She's very good as as a feisty mistress. <laughs> yeah, and I like, she doesn't take Tony's shit. No. no like, but... she, she tells like, go jerk yourself off. <laughs> <laughs> On that note... For those of you interested in wax play, this is not the right <laughs> way to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, she throws a lit candle at You her. don't want to just throw a lit candle at someone. You want to get a bo- you know, candle made of body-safe wax. You want to be very gentle. You want to be careful with the flame. Uh, mm-hmm. Do not take any sexual advice from this show, is what I'm saying. Good advice. Don't take any advice from this fucking show. Yeah. As we've talked about before, all of these people are terrible fucking people for the most part. Mm-hmm. So you should not be doing what they're doing, uh, including uh, calling someone a fucking refugee. Problematic, oh God, Tony. Yeah. Mm. Canceled. Mm-hmm. Tony, you are canceled. And it only took you till episode six. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so not only is uh, is Irina pissed that she's not getting any Tony, but uh, also Carmela. He's having weird uh, visions. Of, uh, <laughs> He's of having Doctor. dreams. <laughs> Some dreams. might call them. Okay. And uh, as he's lying in bed, suddenly he feels uh, a blowjob coming on, uh, and it turns out it's Dr. Melfi. <laughs> it's Dr. Melfi. Who would have guessed it? With, <laughs> Dr. Melfi with Irina's voice. And it's that weird movie thing of, like, it's just somebody under the sheets. <laughs> you know that sex you have all the time? Everyone's favorite blowjob oh. is an under-the-sheets blowjob. Boxers on... I think he still has like his uh, AT his A shirt on oh as well. Oh my god! Then there's there's another dream later where someone's in the shower and then he walks over to it and it's and it's Melfi also. And she is looking yeah she's looking good. She right, is be, looking good. Okay, I'm horny. Yeah, she's looking good. <laughs> like shout out to Lorraine Bracco. Who is horniest? This episode is Ben. ben. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> no, but so he wakes it wakes him up, and then he, like, rolls over, and Carmela goes, you want sex? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> Not to get too Ghostbusters, but when someone asks oh you if God. you want sex, you say yes. <laughs> God damn it. And also, like, if you want to have sex with somebody, that's how you get them to have sex with you. You just say, you want sex? That's a, that's good to know. I'll use that next time. Mm-hmm. It always works. <laughs> when someone asks you if you want sex and you say yes, you usually end up having sex. Okay. Uh, but so to- Tony's cannoli, still having problems. So this leads to a, a very interesting interaction where Tony is now fantasized about dr melfi uh two or three times mm-hmm. and here and he's you know explaining that he's unable to you know have sex with his wife because maybe it's the maybe it's the prozac or maybe it's because he's in love with dr melfi <laughs> he certainly thinks that he, he certainly is. wants to fuck her 
I, my it favorite is. is that he tries to encourage. Is it? Is he encouraging? It's Irina. It's so to good. Wear a fucking business yeah. suit. <laughs> that's the, that's okay. That's when she no, throws like, the candle at him. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he wants her to dress like <laughs> Dr. Melfi. And yeah, he's like, I want you to dress. First, he says like a professional. He's like, she goes, fuck you, I'm not a whore, because she thinks he means like a prostitute. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 like a business suit. And she goes, you want me to dress like a man? <laughs> and he's like, no, I want you to dress like a man. Honestly, that would also be hot. Now, this this uh, conversation where he's t- talking about uh, what the sexiest kind of outfit is <laughs> made me wonder uh, what what we all think. What is the sexiest mode of dress to you? No underpants. <laughs> no. <laughs> no dress. <laughs> I don't know. I like a nice dress. Anything kind of my dress? significant other is wearing. If you could yeah. just be a little more convincing on that one. <laughs> you put me on the spot and you're like, what's the sexiest kind well, of no, clothes? I'm just thinking, I'm like, like, is, there, is there like a kind of outfit where you're always like, oh my god, that's, uh, that's a hot style. I like a garter belt. How Ooh, spicy. That's me. I like to get, you know, I Rachel is the one that brings a little spice onto the pod. So <laughs> I I also enjoy making you both uncomfortable, which you clearly are. Oh, definitely. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, because I know that my, uh, my current significant other, the incumbent significant other, my first ex-wife, uh, does listen to this to... Uh, catch when I tell on myself. Okay. So, so <laughs> basically, what's happening is I'm baiting you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. Woody Esquire has evaded the question. Yeah. I, I think the answer was no underpants. Okay. It's not what we're talking about. All okay. right. Jesus. <laughs> so, that's the answer you're getting. Okay. We're going to put a poll on Twitter uh, about what the sexiest style is. Uh, business casual. <laughs> I like a nice pair of chinos. Cocktail. Khakis. Khakis. All right. J. Fine. Crew just really. Mm, let me tell you. Spice yeah. rejected. I get it. Nobody <laughs> wants to be. Nobody wants to be horny on the pod. I answered the damn question. You did. Thank you, John. Eric? I appreciate that. I yes, and it. All right, we can move on. I knew that question wasn't gonna fly. Uh, <laughs> What do you find to be the yeah. sexiest? You know what I think is hot on anybody is uh, like a tank top and suspenders. Is that a weird answer? Suspenders are fucking hot on like literally anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I agree. And then it's you got that look where you're wearing like a tank top and it's like, oh, you're like just getting, you know, you're getting undressed, but you're just mm-hmm. walking around. And sometimes people have a little chest hair that's poking out. Maybe you have a little gold chain. You look like a fucking uh, uh, Irishman. Is this <laughs> maybe I'm getting way too in the detail right now? You know what? That, that did make me. You know what else is a good look is the the woman in the oversized man's white dress shirt. Oh hell day yeah! After that's yeah. a good look. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is a good look. But Irina is not having it. No, I, <laughs> no. She, <laughs> burn, she burns Tony with a candle. He calls her a fucking refugee. Have we ever seen Irina with clothes on? Yes, yeah, the, at the restaurant. What was she wearing? Uh, other than that, like I don't think so. You know who has great style? She's not in this app, but Drea De Mateo's character has. She wears very sexy clothes. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Anyway, we can move on. We had to bring it up, even though she's not in the episode. I'm sorry. Shout I out to Adriana. 
All right, so uh, Tony can't get a boner, but he either has a boner or uh, wants to do love to Melfi. Uh, and here's a good opportunity to talk about the one relationship rule with the uh, with your mental health providers. Oh, I got you. Yeah, because he's been bringing her coffee. That's this episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's been yeah. bringing her coffee. Um, and the second time he does it, the second time we see him do it, um, he she is like you. You can't bring me gifts. Yeah. Um, that is, you're right, Ben. Because a therapist can only have one relationship with their client. Your therapist shouldn't be like your mom and or your, client your client shouldn't lover. Be your barista. <laughs> sure. That what you? I'm adding my comments. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Or, or or even like a friend. Like your your therapist should not be like your friend. As um, much, uh, despite how much I try. <laughs> And that's and that same episode or that same uh, appointment where Melfi lays down the law, wants some very specific rules between her and Tony. She's also having car trouble, right? And so Tony, like any good uh, friend, has her car stolen and, <laughs> and fixed it. And fixed what? First of all, why? I I know we like Dr. Melfi and all that, but she is pretty unprofessional. Like she talks a lot about her own personal life mm -hmm. and in their sessions and that is wildly unprofessional no. she she has another moment like that in this episode when she's when tony's talking about his impotence and asking about like is it the medication and she says have you had a prostate exam and he goes i don't let anybody wave their finger in my face and she breaks and she cracks yeah. up and she thinks it's very funny which it's not it's not it's one homophobic uh, and two, you need to get a fucking prostate exam, dude. It's not even, it is homophobic, but also it's just medicine. Yeah. And, and number, number four, it actually feels good. Yeah. That's where the male <laughs> G-spot is. So uh -huh. explore your boundaries, Tony. Oh, who's the spicy one now, Rachel? Yeah, you surprised me. Maybe once Irene dresses like a man, then he'll get into some prostate play. Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> That's the show we want to see. <laughs> so the car is repaired, and uh, you know, the next day, Melfi takes her vehicle to the garage, and the mechanic says, look, as much as I want to rip you off, there's nothing wrong with it. Shout out to a an honest car mechanic in in media. I will say for all of our car mechanic fans, we love you. Fix our starters for free. Shout out for some seek representation of the honest car mechanic. So now she knows like Tony is meddling, um, and she confronts him about it. What I love about this scene is Tony looks like a fucking kid, like in kindergarten in the principal's office. He is he's got this like shit eating grin on his face where he's so proud of himself. He thinks that his chivalry what he thinks is chivalry is going to win over Dr. Melfi when he pronounces his love for her. Mm -hmm. And it's just like really good like you don't have to be a mental health professional to be like this guy's got some fucking issues. And then Melfi kind of lays it out on, you know, lays it all out for mm -hmm. him. I have been a loving, caring compassionate woman to you because that's what therapy requires right. and it's the one thing like missing in your life she says is like a caring woman or whatever yeah. uh and so you're putting that on me but that's not who i am 
treating you a very specific this way. This is literally in these my job. Right, right. Uh, and then, so let's talk a little bit about consent to touch and what Tony does next, which is to get up, walk across the room, and try to kiss Melfi as she vehemently pulls away and puts her arm in his that chest. That was wild. It canceled again, my guy. What's funny is he bounces right the fuck back. He's, like, not really embarrassed even at all. Which makes me think that this is not the first time that he's done this to a woman. Oh, no, of course not, you Weinstein-ass <laughs> motherfucker. Have, have either of y'all ever tried to pull that kind of move? No. Nope. Good for you. Me have I ever hit on my therapist? <laughs> or just, like, gone in for, like, just, like, out of nowhere been like, I'm gonna kiss this person. No. No. And you shouldn't do that either, dear listener. You should ask consent before you uh, invade someone else's personal space and uh, bodily autonomy. No, you should do the 70-30. That's what you should do. You shouldn't ask, may I kiss you. You should you should lean in, and if you get some reciprocating lean in, then, then consummate the kiss. Don't fucking ask. Have some game. Goddamn, John. I've been married for like 10 years, so. (laughs) I just can't imagine what it's like to live without like incredibly uh, intense anxiety that prevents you from like even doing anything ever. (laughs) Uh, It's, you should try cocaine. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is, Ben and John encourage people to do drugs. No, we don't encourage, we encourage people to drive drunk. That's, That's I right. Mean, not to talk to police when you drive drunk. My dad was giving me advice on how to do cocaine the other day. Is it something you need advice? Well, to- I said I wasn't interested in snorting anything because that scares me. And he said, oh, just put it put it under your tongue. Put it on your gums. Or in your gums, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that works. And I said, John- you shouldn't be fucking telling me how to do drugs. What the fuck? <laughs> John, that was a really good demo, by the way. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> While I'm talking, I'm putting my finger in my mouth. I'm sure that sounds great. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, so let's get back to the show. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Tony, Tony is just trying to kiss Melfi. Melfi is like, uh, no, come on. Get it together. You're not doing that. Does he continue with the uh, with the appointment? Time was about up, but then also Melfi was like, you're not in love with me. And he was like, I think he like legitimately made a good choice here, which was like, I need to think about this. And then later when he's talking to Carmela, he, he kind of acknowledges that maybe he was a little misguided. Mm-hmm. Without explicitly mm-hmm. stating what happened, but he's like in there in the psychotherapy, you don't know what, what yes, you feel this way, but you don't feel this way, and you're not feeling what you are feeling. You're feeling what you're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that a good Tony impression? It's pretty Very good. good. Thank you. Um, so let, uh, let's pivot back to the sit down meeting with Hesh and Junior. This scene is great because you see how fucking stupid Junior Soprano is and how he needs his ego stroked constantly. Yeah. But they've they've planned all this out. Like right. it's working exactly as planned. They negotiate it down to three hundred K in back taxes and give him uh, a break. No no no. They negotiate it down to three hundred and then Hesh goes two fifty. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and then we get a little anti-Semitism. Oh, yeah. Livia, at the beginning of the episode, says some anti-Semitic shit. And she, Livia is incredibly anti-Semitic. Yes. It, but 
I think, you know, I, Junior, I think, is just being manipulated by Livia. Because I think, I mean, he shouldn't have said that. But also, like, he is a fucking, he's just a pushover. He's, like, you know, taking what Livia said about the Jew. Mm-hmm. Who ever heard of a Jew that rides horses? Yeah. Which is fucked. I knew a bunch of horse girls in Jewish day school. Oh, I believe that yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Hesh also, is a also, horse girl. Right. Yes. So another thing that like I kept thinking about during this episode is Livia's going to get out of this damn assisted living facility. It's okay. Or die trying, it seems like. Or yeah. kill everybody else. Like, you know, every, like, it seems like all the all the business runs through that damn... The damn nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> Assisted living facility. It's a so, retirement community. So they negotiate it down, and Tony Tony gets a little surprised for old Hesh, doesn't he? Yeah, he then goes to visit Hesh on his horse girl farm. Yeah. Uh, and he gives Hesh his cut of the 250000 uh, or something. But yeah, he gives, he gives Hesh a hard time about it, and he's like, you old fucking Jew. Um, great, <laughs> great. So, uh, the very end of the end of the episode, they're actually uh, at that little thing. The boys and I are getting together to. They're throwing me a little thing, so I want to look nice. That's what Junior says. Yeah. And so they're having a delightful little banquet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what they're eating, but it looks nice. It looks fancy, and they're like a conference room in a hotel yeah, or something. Yeah, it looks kind of yeah. like shit, actually. Something's like. up, and uh, it, it, somebody—I uh, guess a waiter—has like a camera. Just when so. you thought you had figured this show out, it's going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Uh, and yeah, the, one of the waiters has a buttonhole camera on his shirt, and then we cut to the FBI, who is gathering all this intel on the mob, and they have a whole bulletin board. Charlie Day style. Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail's getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look in the mail, well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia. So I say to myself, I gotta find this guy. I gotta go up to his office. I gotta put his mail in the guy's goddamn hands. Otherwise, he's never gonna get it. It's gonna keep coming back down here. So I go up to Pepe's office, and what do I find out, man? What do I find out? There is no Pepe Sylvia. The man does not exist, okay? So I decided, oh shit, buddy, I gotta dig a little deeper. There's no Pepe Sylvia, you gotta be kidding me! I got boxes full of Pepe! Um, and <laughs> they promote, they move Junior's picture from capo to boss. Um, and now we get an interesting move for the show where the, the FBI is going to start being more involved here in the future. So here's a question. It, did, how, how aware... Uh, are the the uh, mafiosos that the FBI is watching them? So I, I think I mean I think they kind of assume that they're always being watched. Um, I mean that would be smart. That would be the way to operate if you were running a crime syndicate. But what then? Why the fuck are they let? Like you'd think their security would be a little tighter at an event like this. Again, idiots. Unless. They did know because Tony's whole the scheme here, right, is that that's true. Junior's gonna be the boss, so he takes the heat. Right. So this is really what they want. That's interesting, Rachel. I had never thought about that before. That I think that's a good point. Maybe maybe they are playing this up a little bit. But truthfully, they could have done it anywhere. They, yeah, they could they could have hired anybody to. to they could have hired they, their own stupid little fucking guys. 
Yeah. Christopher right. could have been fucking just pouring the wine. Just like was- in Goodfellas. <laughs> uh, so that's basically the end of the episode. Um, the The episode title is Pax Soprano. Do you guys know what that is a reference to? I know what Pax means. Uh, so Tony mentions when he sits down with oh, Uncle Junior, he mentions uh, Octavia became Augustus, um, referring to the era in Roman history called Pax Romana, which was uh, an era of peace where Augustus was such a popular uh, leader that uh, it was said that he never ate alone. There's actually a reference to this when they're doing the sit down with the Capos. One of the Capos says, uh, Junior always eats alone. He didn't even share the salt. Um, so we get a couple of kind of obscure Roman history lessons, but of course these guys are Italian, so um, that works. Uh, but yeah, that's the that's the reference in the title. Before we move on, <clears throat> there is an, an an element to this episode that we got to get into, which is of course Carmela and Father Intentola. Yes, they have a a little conversation in this... the church. It's there's a great shot of the big cross between them, mm-hmm. and um, Father Intentola basically is divorce shaming. Yes, he's like only weak motherfuckers get divorces, and then he. Correct me if I'm wrong. He kind of advocates for polyamory. No, I think Carmela is kind of advocating for saying, well, she's kind of like, I, I would let him be with the Gumars because that made things easy on me, which is kind of like a sister wife kind of a yeah. thing. But I think he's saying that it's not, that's not okay, oh. that she sinned by letting it into uh, into oh. their lives. I was hoping that he was going to be into it and then that would become a little... Little sexy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we. I think we should be relying on Father Intatola to bring the eat. You know. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, because I think I suspect. Well, he wants to sleep with Carmela, so that's why I thought I was like, oh yeah, yeah. He's this is his chance. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? It wouldn't be so bad. But maybe uh, I was just projecting. Well, his his solution to the problem is let's get Tony more involved in the church. <laughs> yeah. Because when you have a hammer, everything looks like a fucking nail, and you're a fucking priest. So the solution must be Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and looking at that at his recommendations, like, like Tony is is just so he, he is though just spiritually bankrupt. There's there's nothing that he wants in this world more than to consolidate power for himself. And uh, and to fuck whatever he wants, to eat whatever he wants. I mean, he, he really doesn't have, you know, like there's nothing to the guy other than self gratification. Yeah. So, I mean, it he's barely more than animal instinct of to fight, fuck, and eat, feast. Thank you. Fight, <laughs> fuck, and feast. That's the new name of our podcast. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to take up for Father Intentola. I, I don't know what else to tell Carmela about Tony. I mean, Tony sucks entirely. She should get divorced from... What the fuck are you talking about? You're going to take up for Father Intentola. <laughs> no, like, I mean, like, if she's really concerned with, you know, with Tony's soul or whatever, then, you know, don't fucking run away from him. Help him. You know, but what what else could she possibly do to help? That's not right? her That's fucking yeah, job. Their um, relationship is like not good. No, it is sure. incredibly unhealthy. She should fucking divorce him. Right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She's not a manic pixie dream girl. It's not her job to fix him. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> wow. 
shots fired. We stand our queen. <sighs> okay, fine. No, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I just, I disagree with you. I think she should get divorced from Tony. I think he's a hulking psychopath who fucks everything that moves behind her back. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's that. No, I mean, like, if if she's got, a, you know, if she cares about him at all, you know, though, like, she can still care about him. I mean, they did have children together, so. Yeah. She takes I mean, offense. She would take offense to you reducing her to being the mother of his children, as she does right. earlier in this episode. But <laughs> that's right. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, so. you know, she needs some counseling from Charmaine. I think from my queen, Charmaine. <laughs> but then, so at the end of the episode, they do reconcile. We we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Um, they do sort of reconcile at the end of the episode. They're sitting on the out by the pool this is weird he's sitting out by the pool in his dress shoes yeah. and slacks fucking weird and yeah, she comes yeah, out yeah. and they and she sort of admits like i was jealous of melfi and he says some corny ass shit you're my whole world yeah it's a bullshit line she's like i want to be that woman in your life that you know he goes to for his problems and and he goes Carmela, calm you are my whole life which is Which such is a bullshit. fucking lie. He didn't give a shit about her unless they're face to face, pretty much. Basically, yeah. And even then, I don't think he gives a shit about her at all. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the the man does not have a great grasp on how to value women. And you see that also when he like orders arena or tries to order arena around. He's like, "Come over here," and she's like, "No," and he's like, "Come over here!" Like she's a fucking dog. Yeah, it's like that's a human being man if this is right if you want to again if tony wants to be a dom maybe he needs to learn <laughs> how that is done you can't just throw that shit out there mm-hmm. you know you gotta be consenting you gotta be in a scene you gotta have safe words this is rachel's kink corner <laughs> the whole episode <laughs> all right back to back to ben's catholicism corner so in the episode before this in episode five uh father intentola is explaining or, not sorry. Uh, Carmela is having a hard time understanding why everybody you know who accepts Christ uh, ends up with like eternal salvation or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So, and so the idea that um, that Carmela continues to want you know is concerned about Tony's soul, as she references back in episode two um, or is episode one? I forget. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of the people that that. Carmela is upset also get eternal salvation are infinitely better than her fucking husband right <laughs> that's very true uh, yeah that, that's fair for sure and, and you know I'm, I'm sure she would rather her husband find you know find God or whatever as you know and, and be saved but god damn like <laughs> Tony fucking sucks I'm he really sorry. sucks he really, and it, what's I think what is great about this episode is all the women in his life are giving him shit. We don't see much meadow, we don't see any meadow in this episode. Disappointing. But but otherwise, Arena gives him shit. Carmela gives him shit. Melfi gets him shit. Like all the women in his life. Oh, and his mom, mother, of course, setting him up uh, and fucking over his friend. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, and and the thing about it is, Tony thinks to himself, the reason these, you know, at least my wife and my girlfriend are giving me shit is because I can't fuck them. When right. really, it's like that's not it, dude. <laughs> There's more to it. For Carmela, to a little, a little yeah. bit, it is that. 
She wants yeah. the cannoli. Yeah, she's horned. <laughs> horned. She is. That she is. But, like, she wants to be noticed as well. She doesn't just want to be... She just doesn't also, you know... That's I, right. I she buys all that new furniture. She's trying to get his right. attention. And that is a summary of the episode. Uh, it's bit time, baby. Let's start with our new bit. Uh, our new segment called Who Was Horniest This Week? Hmm. And was this Ben's idea or was this Rachel's idea? This is I, Ben's. Yeah, this is, me watching, this is me watching this and being like, God damn, everybody except for Tony is horny. Which is not true. Only uh, Irina and Carmela. But I'm going to go out and I'm going to say Carmela was the horniest on this. Uh, she was She was definitely the horniest. I have to concur. Yeah, I think Carmela. Well, Ben was pretty horny. Ben was also ben. horny. <laughs> <laughs> I was horny this episode. No, yeah, Carmela is the horniest for sure. And good for her, I say. Yeah. So uh, what about the dialectic? Let's do the dialectic. The dialectic we do every week. Uh, it's not really how dialectics works, but, uh, you know, just Wikipedia that shit. Uh, what we do, the thesis, the antithesis, and the synthesis, something that we like, something that we didn't like, and something that we love from this episode. Ben, why don't you uh, start us off, bud? Sure. So something that I liked about this episode, uh, <clears throat> I liked the um, I liked the baseball game where uh, – uh, Junior and Tony go and uh, they sort of work things out there. It seems like mm-hmm. uh, their entire relationship has revolved around baseball and baseball-related activities. So I think the fact that they're able to level with each other at the baseball game is is good. I like that uh, mm-hmm. for continuity's sake. I did not like Livia in this episode for once. Um, she's too too puppet mastery and uh, rude and evil and bad. I, I just did not like anything that she was doing. And I loved uh, Irina. I thought Irina's uh, character was uh, was great, was fiery and feisty. And I, over the like the last couple scenes that we've seen from her, I guess would be episode five when she calls Tony and uh, is like, you know, all my friends are getting married. She's getting uh, impatient and pissed off now. In this this scene, uh, I think that we're not going to see much of Irina anymore, if I had to guess. But uh, but. Well, we got her on TV, on the screen. Uh, good acting. Shout out to Oksana Lada. Shout out to Oksana Lada. Rachel? Um, I, first of all, I disliked the anti-Semitism. <laughs> Came from many characters. Yes. Livia, <laughs> Junior, and Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked, I think I mentioned this, there's a really great shot of Carmela and Father Intentola in the church where... They're sitting face to face and there's this big cross behind them. And it's just, it's a good, it's a good shot. I appreciate the artistry. Um, And then what I loved about this episode was seeing a little bit of the behind the scenes of the strategy, of Tony's strategy. It made me feel like maybe he isn't that fucking stupid. Um, He's not brilliant by any stretch of the imagination, but you see a little bit how the, uh, how he's going to finesse the situation. What about you, John? Uh, so something that I liked in this episode, uh, I also liked Arena's performance, but I won't steal that from you, Ben. Um, I liked, uh, I liked Dr. Melfi's performance. I liked that she put her foot down when, about the car, she was, you know, figured that out immediately. Um, 
and put her foot down on Tony and refuse to give in to his bullshit the next session that they have when he tries to just ignore it or whatever. She's like, no, we got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, shouts out to Melfi. Uh, liked that performance. Um, something that I love in this episode. I love that the central conflict for Tony Soprano in this episode is, I can't get a boner. <laughs> And they made a great hour of television that centers around Tony Soprano can't get a boner. And it works. It's great. But something that I hated. Uh, what about that shitty fucking music that they played when the FBI was you know, figuring everything out? Yeah, wow. so, yeah, it was bad. And also, so Rachel and I were actually talking about this before we started recording. At the intro episode to our podcast, we talked about... I was going to try to pay attention to this music, but I don't, this music kind of style of music or genre of like doo or whatever doesn't do anything for me. And to me, it's kind of like white noise or just like background music. So yeah. uh, I'm not going to do that because uh, it doesn't like, it's just like, it doesn't do anything for me. So, uh, but that said, in the next episode, there are cool, a couple of cool needle drops that yeah. we'll get to talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, yeah, that's corny ass music it sucked so i didn't like that so who do we stand this episode uh rachel would you like to give us your stand of the week yeah i would love to i stand hush uh love his fucking horse farm love how he is uh into an integral character but he also kind of manages to stay out of the shit and he uh has uh some good connects um he's a real uh icon for the jewish community (laughs) Someone to be looked up to and aspired uh, to. That's right. Ripping off black kids. Okay. All right. (laughs) Got him. Got Got him. him. (laughs) Obviously, not that part. Uh, No, you know, like, he's like a loan shark, right? Like, he's not a good person. <laughs> no, you you can stand no, whoever you want. No, I, just... I actually I don't know. I barely am keeping up with the actual crime elements <laughs> of this show. I, I'm it's it's very difficult for me to understand what the fuck is actually going on regarding the the business. Gotcha. But um, now that I know, okay, well maybe not. Wait, we every week we have to choose somebody to stand. No, <laughs> you can't expect for a fucking show about the mafia. It's not going to be a good person every time. God damn it. Just pick That's a fair. woman. <laughs> <laughs> watch. Watch I'll do it right. Ready? My turn. Uh, ben, who do you stand this week? Rusty Irish. Oh, no, God. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I stand the mechanic. The mechanic. That's a good uh, one. That's a good stand. Shout out to honest, uh, honest work, honest labor, uh, working class... Uh, you know, even when they can, you know, get one over on people deciding to do what's right. And, uh, you know, shout out to the mechanic for being honest. I, my stand this week is Irina. I think she's great. She, her performance is great. Uh, she throws a candle at Tony. That's great. She talks about his cannoli, which is hilarious. Um, Tony cannoli. Uh, the accent is great. I love it. I love everything about it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Arena is around forever. <sighs> anyway, I don't want you to answer that. Your silence is killing. I won't. Me. I won't answer. Let's, I refuse. This is. We try to be spoiler free, like we said up top. All right. Well, uh, 
Oh God. Uh, what's what's the next episode called? The next episode is called uh, a callback to a previous episode of ours because it's called Down Neck. Now, Ben, would you like to tell us what neck means? <laughs> <laughs> uh, down neck. Uh, does that mean blowjob? <laughs> no. Um, and we'll talk about that on the next episode of <laughs> Gabagool and Roses, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. They're still the best, baby. We're the only ones in the game, and we're the best ones at it. All right, so until next week, I've been John. I've been Rachel. And I've been Woody. (laughs) Very good. Uh, All of our handles are in the notes uh, on Twitter, and uh, you can follow the podcast at PodSopranos on Twitter, P-O-D-S-O-P-R-A-N-O-S. Until next week, take your medication. What? Hold on. Before we get... Before we leave, who the fuck thinks Meadow was the horniest? Show yourselves, answer, identify yourselves, you fucking perverts. Yeah, so we need to, okay, yeah. Uh, On our Twitter account, every week we are going to be posting a poll for you to vote on who you think was the most horniest on this episode. We've gone back and posted a few polls for the episodes we already did. Uh... Brendan, the pedophile, one-handedly a couple of uh, a couple of the episodes that he's been in. Uh, some weirdo voted that Meadow was the most horniest. Uh, let's unpack that a little bit. Okay, you're a fucking pedo. You are a Brendan pedo, an Epstein, fucking Bloomberg pedophile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't. Uh, well, keep listening to the podcast, but also. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. Go to therapy, take your medication, and organize for the revolution, you fucking pedophiles. (laughs) And in spite of it all, we love you. We love you.
拜拜，寿命拜拜，寿